Shit Platypus Says, Episode 60. Welcome, everybody. I'm Thomas Velagi, your host for today. On this episode of Shit Platypus Says, a commentary on the commentary of the left, I sat down with Aram Shakur of Sikra, or Spark, an oppositional movement in Hungary. Listeners might remember episode 44 from March of last year, where we sat down with two members of Sikra to discuss the upcoming Hungarian elections. The oppositional alliance which Sikra supported lost that April in a two-thirds victory for Viktor Orban's Fidesz party, but a prominent member of Sikra, Andras Jambor, was elected to the National Assembly of Hungary for Budapest's sixth constituency. I asked Aram about these results and the recent internal elections of Sikra, in which he was elected to the presidential committee, and what sorts of debates are going on within Sikra and the Hungarian left under 13 years of Orban's rule. Please remember to like and subscribe to our podcasts and visit our website platypus1917.org to find a chapter near you. We are busy preparing teach-ins and panels for the start of the school year and hope to see you in the audience or at one of our reading groups. Now let's turn to the interview. Enjoy. So welcome everybody. I'm here with Aram Shakur, a member of the Presidential Committee of Sikra. Um, first of all, welcome. Yeah, uh, thank you for the invitation. My pleasure. So you've been a member of Sikra since 2020. Uh, you were just elected uh, this year to this Presidential Committee. Uh, before we get into the organization, maybe you can just tell us about your own politicization and how you came to the left. In Hungary, uh, politics are really uh, in. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say Hungary is an apolitical country. Uh, uh, like politics and propaganda, like it's a pure living space everywhere. And uh, so, like a lot of uh, young people. I uh, I was uh, interested in politics uh, in university, like around 2015 and 16. Uh, and, uh, you know, as like a random young student, uh, I, I wouldn't say I was interested in left-wing politics, because if you looked around, which organizations, you know, offered the political political involvement, political solutions, they were usually right-wing groups, you know. So I was kind of involved with uh, some uh, right-wing groups, but, uh, you know, I uh, had uh, had a lot of, you know, grew uh, and development, and uh, then, you know, I realized that uh, what I think about the world, what I think about everything is is like a left thing, you know, like uh, uh, I'm for solidarity and uh, uh, 
justice and uh, class politics, and uh, that wasn't really uh, offered anywhere. Uh, not from the uh, uh, you know the only groups which offered politics were right wing groups, and uh, the left wing uh, parties and politics were not really active. So when in 2020 I discovered the uh, Citra, it was like a big uh, you know. Big relief, and uh, I, I really wanted to get involved because uh, uh, it looked like finally a new kind of uh, left-wing politics uh, could be built by this movement. So you found it quite quickly after its founding in 2019, it sounds like. And I'm wondering, what what do you think the atmosphere was in Hungary that allowed for a new sort of leftist politics. Was there a change in the right? Was there a change in the left? Was there a change in the international situation? What do you think it was? Uh, well, you know, more, there are more than one factors. Uh, one of it is that, uh, yeah, first of all, the international situation, you know, uh, Corbyn, uh, Melanchthon, Bernie Sanders, because politics are now on the internet and everything, uh, a new, you know, a new kind of left-wing politics uh, reached Hungary as well, mm. uh, and uh, uh, universities as well. So a lot of uh, people were were thinking about uh, doing doing uh, new kind of left-wing populist uh, politics. Besides that, uh, that uh, after the 2018 election, there was a lot of demoralization mm-hmm. because, and, and after last year's election too, but, in, but if I think about it in 2019, uh, nobody saw that it could be worse, but in, uh, yeah, so 2018, uh, Fidesz won with a two-third majority again. Uh, and uh, that was like a really big uh, campaign with really big involvement, uh, you know, uh, really uh, it was uh, one of the highest uh, turnout rates in Hungary and, uh, um, you know, a lot of people just saw that even though the lot of people were activized, the turnout was that with us one with a two-third majority. So uh, after that, it was kind of like if if everything is demoralized and uh, and uh, you know like nothing works, then you can kind of do anything. Mm, okay. <laughs> I think uh, that's also something. Uh, and um, it, it was also really clear, clear that uh, one of the main factors in 2018 and I think in 2022 too as well that. Uh, you know, the opposition, the left-wing opposition, uh, didn't really do left-wing politics. They were uh, just reacting kind of what uh, Fidesz, uh, you know, uh, says or, or does. They uh, they didn't really involve uh, class politics. They didn't even like progressive taxation was uh, kind of uh, too too radical for some people in in, uh, in the left-wing parties. So, you know, like uh, the right-wing Fidesz has a slightly less right-wing opposition and, uh, and it's uh, kind of like um, a main factor why uh, Fidesz always wins in elections. Mm. Uh, so I think 
these are two factors. And also in 2019, uh, there were a lot of campaigns with the United opposition where uh, some left-wing candidates could actually potentially win, and uh, even the Budapest had has like. Uh, a little bit more left-wing mayor than than before 2010, mm-hmm. when there was a liberal mayor. So, you know, there was a slight shift in uh, politics. So how does secrecy itself within the opposition? Uh, so you, you just criticized the opposition um, in the, let's say, 2010s, but maybe even more generally than that, as being quite conservative, as just reaction to Fidesz's policies. How has it tried to create a new position within Hungarian politics? Yes, uh, so Sikra, yeah, we, uh, first of all, uh, we are not officially a party, we are like a political movement, mm-hmm. so we have a lot more uh, grassroots uh, politics than the other opposition parties, but uh, we, we are not uh, afraid of the chance to, you know, uh, to to have, uh, you know, uh, shared platforms with some of the opposition. For example, in before the 2022 election, there was a pre-election in the districts, uh, you know, where the MPs could get into parliament, right. and there was like an opposition pre-election. And uh, our candidate, Andras Schembor, was, was able to win one of these uh, districts. So, you know, we are not closed off uh, from the chance to collaborate with the opposition. It, it's about pre-election or other involvement, uh, like uh, some municipality elections and uh, something like that. But yeah, so we have a more uh, left-wing uh, grassroots um, politics than, than other parties. We also have, uh, I think, a lot more clear uh, messages. In the past one year, uh, and even before that, for example, uh, we were for uh, RBMB regulations, and uh, we, we built a campaign about RBMB uh, regulations, uh, which is, uh, you know, like uh, a direct uh, confrontation with uh, with some house owners and Airbnb owners, which is uh, not something that uh, the general opposition does. But what, what the general opposition does is usually they want a confrontation with Fidesz, and they always lose that confrontation because it's not based on ideology or, you know, like policies. For example, yeah, the Airbnb regulations, and in the past one year, we were, we also had uh, campaigns about uh, taxing the rich, so progressive uh, taxation and uh, taxing uh, the, the richest, uh, and uh, even this is something like uh, the general opposition doesn't really do. Like, uh, you know, if the general opposition says, uh, speaks about, like, taxing the rich, they say that we will tax the Fidesz oligarchs, which mm. is still just a confrontation with Fidesz. But our message was more, more clear because uh, we were for generally progressive taxation and, uh, and uh, 
the text analytics. We do politics, you know, based on uh, ideology and uh, class politics, and mm. not really on uh, on just uh, just opposing Fidesz. I I take your point, and I think I've seen this also. Uh, you guys have had campaigns against evictions, and yeah. and also yeah, the yeah. anti-corruption campaigns. It just seems like there is an emphasis on civil social organizing so what you call grassroots organizing and my question would be is there a conflict within sikra or a tension uh between uh, this sort of civil organizing that isn't concerned with the the government the state the ruling party uh in the form of fides and for example uh, election campaigns and uh, political demands around taxation, which do involve the state, and they require that Sikra get in positions of power. And the reason I ask is because we talked about Corbyn, Sanders, you know, the DSA, uh, we could include Podemos, Syriza, uh, these sorts of parties, they, they have always had trouble with articulating what they would do when they're in power. And then if they did get in power, then figuring out that actually they can't do everything they want to do. So how do you think Sikra is looking ahead to uh, limits, essentially, to, let's say, social democratic policy um, that might not be able to be solved by an opposition party? Yeah, there is, uh, of course, some conflicts and questions about this always. <laughs> hmm. uh, like, as you said, other parties and movements had. I think this is like a general thing in Hungary, because here the opposition is uh, more useless in a political sense, partly because of themselves and partly because Orban's autocratic measures. You know, like we talked about uh, uniting with the opposition and uh, the kind of the election laws are written in a way that without uh, having uh, some unification, you cannot really challenge Fidesz. And uh, I think uh, one of the main... uh, problems in Hungarian politics and maybe in other places as well that we have like this conflict about uh, civil uh, services and uh, civilian uh, movements, NGOs and uh, political parties. You know, one of the, those is, one of the, them is politics and the other, other, thing, other thing is not politics because they are like, you know, uh, objective or independent or just for some policies or social help or something. In, in Hungary, this has been like a big uh, problem that uh, people who, who want to get involved in uh, a civilian uh, groups, they draw this line between them and politics. And... Um, mm. And I would, uh, uh, and uh, it, uh, it, you know, it, 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 it always comes back because uh, Fidesz is actively destroying uh, these civilian uh, groups and uh, and other things, and uh, they they are still acting like uh, 
like uh, party politics is is not really for them. Um, what I want to say is, uh, uh, yeah, there is a good ex- good example. A good example. Uh, in the last few months, you may have heard that there were you know a teacher protest in Hungary. Mm-hmm. Like in the last one year, because teachers have, have like one of the worst living wages in all of Europe. In Hungary, they do not really uh, raise these wages, and uh, they do not really. Uh, Orban is uh, keep uh, depleting, uh, you know, public services, uh, just like a like a Thatcherite. So mm. he he underfunds them, uh, doesn't really spend the money on education. And uh, these protests were big in the media and everything, but uh, still the problem was that, uh, that, that uh, union rate is really low. I think teachers have like at max 20-25% union rate, so they just couldn't do big strikes, even when uh, when there were thousands of people striking, even that it was like between 10 and 20 percent, I think, and uh, they just, uh, you know, the government, all the government saw that 80 percent of the teachers uh, do not really strike, do not really do anything, even if they oppose those measures, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, this this was the uh, this happened because. Uh, after '89, social democratic parties did not really get involved in union politics, and uh, also union life was uh, was something like uh, it was. It didn't really exist. It didn't really reborn after '89. So it uh, people were apolitical to unions. They, some of them know that they exist and they can be, they can they can work. But most of, of the thing they they saw about it that you know it's like an organization which makes deals and and that's it. Mm-hmm. But getting involved with it is like too political, and uh, social democratic uh, like the socialist party never really uh, you know. Uh, got involved uh, with unions uh, they uh, there was never you know campaigns to increase union rates or anything like that um, so the main line uh, social democratic or socialist party had like no real base a real uh, you know organized uh, voting base so it really represented uh, no one and also the uh, the unions had uh, no real representation in politics and uh, i think this is why it's not as much of a dilemma in sikra because we see that you know these two things are kind of the same if uh, grassroots organizing uh, and and uh, Civilian uh, politics uh, are interlined with party politics, or or has to interline with them, because if you do not use your resources to build these together, then uh, you know the party in power, Fidesz, uh, can do anything 
with the opposition or uh, or with uh, any civilian opposition as well. This is a it's a good way maybe to transition to larger historical problems um, because to me what you mentioned that the unions were uh, somewhat depoliticized uh, and, and you said that after 89, the mainstream left parties didn't make an effort to uh, have union drives or to, to, to get people into the unions. Uh, to me, this already seems like a legacy of the so-called socialism in Hungary before 89, that the, um, that the unions weren't necessarily part of political life. Uh, they, were, they were conservative in a certain sense. Uh, with regards to society, and they were handled in a much more uh, technical or technocratic way than um, the sort of vision that you are laying out in terms of being political agents and being part of national politics. Now, the question is whether it's possible to rebuild this. And I think this is not only a question for Hungary, but for Europe or for the U.S. or anywhere else in the world, that the sort of worker politics labor politics no longer have the same meaning that they did in yeah at least the 60s 70s and if not earlier so this this thatcher sort of idea of gutting society or sort of uh, social organizations is you know 40 years now we've been living under this how do you see Sikra revitalizing this sort of socialist politics, which actually socialism itself helped eradicate in a way, right? Yeah, uh, I would agree that uh, it was like a leftover from uh, from the communist era that uh, in Hungary, you know, unions uh, functioned more like, uh, kind of functioned like uh, uh, an extension of local municipal so like they organize, organized uh, the I don't know like kindergarten for workers and everything uh, so they they had to actually handle state services kind of and yeah after 89 there was no effort to remake uh, or this uh, you know I, I just brought up the unions because it's like a recent example after uh, 89, they, uh, they were like, uh, there's like three or four teachers union in, in Hungary, and all of them are like uh, weak and uh, maybe represent 20% of workers. And, and uh, it's like a good reason, example, why, uh, you know, like opposition parties and politics wanted to say something in this issue or represent this issue. And, you know, the best they could do is uh, petitions. And I, I wouldn't say that, that we did uh, in this issue anything better than this. Uh, and yeah, it's like a dilemma in all over the world. But I think uh, Orbán's Hungary is a great, great example that where it, it, it's heading all over the world. Uh, because without trying to make these two things together, the right wing, uh, first of all, becomes like unstoppable because the left wing politics do not really represent anybody. Second of all, they will just do it. One of the great innovations Orban did after 2002, 
between 98 and 2002, there was the first Orban government. Mm-hmm. And after, and and he lost the lost lost in a close election. Like he thought that he will just win again because he had like an okay record. But uh, you know, uh, the left wing came back, uh, and uh, after that, he he started to build the. A civilian society around Fidesz, you know, uh, like public intellectuals uh, in a lot of local municipi uh, started uh, in a in a more grassroots way, uh, you know, uh, rally around issues, rally around local issues, and you know, like more bigger uh, state issues, and it didn't work out in the. First moment he tried it, like he still lost the election in 2006 and came to power in 2010. In half a decade, he was like able to to build a, a lot of uh, wings of the civilian society around him. And uh, since then, he has been profiting from this, uh, 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 especially from 2010. <laughs> I would say that. Uh, the left wing, not just in Hungary, but internationally, has to go into this way. I, I wouldn't say that Sikra uh, has all the solutions for this, but uh, this has to be revealed because uh, what I see that internationally, I think uh, that's one of the reasons why Orban is uh, so big internationally too, because a lot of the, the tools he uses like uh, copied in other places and uh, uh, civil so- if, if civil society and uh, and uh, and unions and everything is not uh, built alongside alongside with a more left wing and uh, people do not really get involved with politics uh, then then uh, the right wing will, will do this uh, around uh, their own uh, ideology I think that's very important just to note that in many ways the right is better at organization than the left is. Um, And in a sense, this, um, yeah, civil social organizing, not around policy, but rather around organizing people. After Orban started uh, this organizing, you know, it it took like four, five, six years uh, uh, that he was able to profit from it. And what I see all over Europe that, uh, you know, uh, these new kind of left-wing populist uh, organizing left, uh, left-wing politics, they kind of became big in between 2013 and 2016-17. And, uh, you know, even if, uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, some in, in some places there were governments from these and new left-wing parties were able to get into uh, mainstream politics uh, or even government, but mm-hmm. even that I, I think that it's uh, you know just the start of the journey. So I would think uh, I, I would say that uh, they have to continue, and uh, it's uh, it, it's not like something that can uh, happen in an instant, but uh, maybe over decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a it's a long form viewpoint. But at the same time, there's a question of what politics is for, right? So I I um 
I saw that you were introduced in the Sikra tweet as a new member of the presidential committee. And you pointed, for example, to the Viennese municipal housing and to um, the Scandinavian social welfare state as sort of models. And my question there is, is it the task of the left to use the state in this way to sort of make life better for the people in the nation? Or is there idea of politics that goes beyond policy? For example, the German SPD at the height of its power in the end of the 19th century basically had a, a, a majority in parliament but voted no on everything. And I wonder if uh, uh, this is what I was alluding to with my earlier question about civil social organizing or the state, meaning how are these oppositional on some level? Is, is there not sort of an anarchist critique of leftism that, that it just sort of becomes subordinate to the state? And how, how can the left today uh, avoid this? Because I think when we look at the DSA in the U.S. Uh, being funneled into the Democrats, when we look at Die Linke in Germany being funneled into the SPD, uh, it seems different in Hungary because the established left parties are, yeah, they're, they're very weak and they've also been embarrassed yeah. by the last 20 years, right? They don't have the same sort of political power. And yet uh, there is a question of uh, are we just reproducing another Corbyn moment or, you know, or another Obama or Clinton moment? Meaning, uh, are these actually figures for the left at all? Does that constitute a victory for the left to achieve power in this way? Uh, what you introduce in your own politics on a smaller level should be your your politics on a bigger level as well. well so I, I, I don't think we can just say that we just want to organize civil life and unions, but we don't want to get involved with, with the state. Uh, this is what you said, right? That uh, this is a way, kind of. That's one idea, sure. I think the anarchists would put it that yeah. way. But I think socialism had more international aspirations. And that's what I was trying to point to is what about the lack of an international left? Uh, that's true as well. Uh, so yeah, like in Hungary, uh, civil society uh, uh, and NGOs always so that, you know, they are organizing themselves. They are organizing and doing, helping uh, on, on a local level, on in individual, in individual basis uh, for people. And, you know, it's like, it's like good, like uh, it's it's uh, helpful uh, even for, from bigger NGOs, which I do not necessarily agree with, but, but you know, um, but uh, they they couldn't be exempt from a state politics, uh, because in Hungary, one has overtaken the state like uh, 100%. Uh, but I'm saying that he always have to serve majority in parliament, which means he can do anything with the constitution, uh, right. Hungarian law. Uh, so uh, you, you can be like, uh, let's do little, uh, I don't know, uh, kindergarten for poor kids. They might let you, you know, function uh, a little bit on a local level. They might let 
they might not speak about you, but uh, if you get bigger, if you build like, I don't know, let's say 20 uh, kindergarten for, for poor kids, you know, that's, uh, you just, you know, built uh, a big system which is not under the state and uh, which is controlled by FIDAS and uh, they will, you know, come for you and uh, will regulate you or or uh, just stop you or just uh, throw all the money at you and, uh, you know, make propaganda about you that how you actually want to, I don't know, like make kids gay in that kindergarten or right. something. That's why the left can't just say that they do not want to get involved with state politics because, you know, uh, we live in a, uh, like most people in the world live in nation states uh, and they are un- under the rule of a state and uh, if they, they uh, do not want to at least have an opposition to that state or uh, or control that state, then the right wing will do it. And uh, they can say that they do not want to do anything with this. They, they just want to do their own thing. But sooner or later, the right wing politics will come for them too, because mm-hmm. they didn't, you know, uh, do do what uh, profit motivation and uh, and uh, the the right wing uh, politics required to, to do. Yeah, and uh, right. on international level, can you maybe uh, that there used to be a second international, a third international. Uh, there used to be an oh, yeah, international yeah. socialist movement that looked beyond the national questions of. Germany, Hungary, Poland, Russia, whatever, and was aiming at world revolution. Uh, now, does Sikra have some notion like this, akin to historical Marxism? Uh, is it is it a big tent organization that involves a lot of different ideological viewpoints? Is it more social democratic, uh, or or how would you characterize it? I would uh, describe our a little bit, of, yeah, a little bit of a big tent, big tent of the left wing subculture in Hungary. Mm. So, Marxism is not a uh, not frowned upon here. <laughs> uh, mm. uh, but you know, like our, our member in the parliament, uh, Andreas Jambor, he's uh, he mostly has social democratic politics, and our movement has uh, mainly social democratic policies as well. It's just that uh, even these uh, social democratic policies are considered radical here in Hungary sometimes. And uh, yeah, so on an international level, we, we do have relationship with, uh, with other left-wing groups. Uh, we, we, you know, have a relationship with, uh, with Linka and mostly Eastern European left-wing groups with uh, Razam for, from uh, Poland, but I do agree that, you know, the international left wing should have a, should have a bigger unifying ideology today, because, yeah, this is like a big problem that, you know, we, we champion 
champaign uh, uh, social politics and, uh, and you know, housing, uh, tax and uh, everything, Corby, Malanchan too, but uh, they do not have a clear, clear vision for Europe or for the world. Even Melanchthon, you know, he had like a lot of anti-EU politics, but came around that uh, in last year, uh, if I saw that correctly. Varoufakis in Greece had, uh, I don't know, some uh, on paper kind of cool uh, visions about uh, how European and maybe world politics should uh, work in uh, uh, or for the international left wing. But uh, I, I do agree that uh, that uh, this is like an under understated fact. Maybe um, this category of populism is useful here. Uh, you mentioned that Sikra is, is, is in a sense a, a populist left. I'm trying to remember, but I think Peter in the last uh, interview that Ship Platypus says did with, with him and Noemi, um, he says that it's maybe beyond the populist left or in a sense it's a it's a it's a problematic category because it points to uh an international left and these sort of democratic concerns but in a sense it's also uh limited to national concerns and that's why for example the left can be against immigration or or various other issues that might line them up with the conservatives and the other maybe elephant in the room is that, of course, Trump is seen as a populist figure. And so there's this ambivalence on the left about, uh, yeah, workers essentially in one nation and how to uh, uh, orient towards the working class. Maybe this idea of populism can help us think through this question in the sense that, you know, Fidesz, for better or for worse, is democratically elected. And there is a question of what the, the population wants and how Sikra would make uh, make a change here. I do agree with Peter in a sense that, you know, uh, saying that populist has been a buzzword in the last 10 years. Because when you are saying populist, you are kind of saying that uh, that voters voters are stupid, which they are not. Uh, they just do not like what you represent or say. I, in my opinion, uh, so a lot of times when a populist right wing uh, party ca- comes to power in Europe or or like Trump in other places, there is a trend to to not consider why the liberals or the left wing uh, failed to win. So so they, they like to blame, you know, populism for this. And this was used against Sanders too, of course, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember. Does Sikra consider itself populist? Or is this the way of thinking beyond these categories of conservative, liberal, about socialist anti-socialist, you know, it, it, it seems to be, yes, a buzzword, and it, it, it's very um, amorphous. In, in a way, it's not theoretically very clarifying. And yet it shows that there's a crossover, for example, between people who voted for Trump and people who would have voted for Sanders. And it points to a crossover earlier between, for example, Occupy Wall Street and the Tea Party. In France, you could say the Gilets Jaunes. Uh, the, the, these are voters, actually, that have gone 
between left-wing and neoliberal parties. And my question would be, why is the left unable to make use of these political discontents? Why is it that the, the right is able to position itself better and respond to people's concerns um, while the left uh, reproduces these sort of inherited uh, oppositions that, that might not actually make sense anymore? For example, it's not clear that the, the populists think of themselves as right-wing or left-wing, you know, but the left, I think, assumes this. You know, in, a, in a Eastern Europe, a lot of the places, and you know, not just here, but in East Germany, Czechia or Poland, a lot of the places which go to the right or even to the far right were used to be socialist uh, strongholds uh, after, in the, in the 90s and then in the 2000s. I think the, the main factor for this that in uh, socialist and left-wing parties, at least here in uh, Eastern Europe, what uh, people wanted from them is uh, social security again and uh, not, uh, you know, neoliberal policies and uh, the other stuff. For, for example, I was born in 95 and uh, in 95, the, in, in, in 94, the left wing in Hungary came back to power, MSP, and uh, when I was born in 95, uh, that's where the biggest, uh, you know, austerity policies were, were pulled through. Mm. Uh, and uh, people voted for the MSP in, in uh, 2004 because they did not want those austerity policies. Now, you can say that those austerity policies were needed, but even then they went overboard with them and uh, did not consider any social aspects because uh, you know, considering uh, social aspects uh, would require them to have a, have a living pace with the voters uh, and they mostly view politics as a technocratic thing. This is also true after, uh, in, in 2000, between 2002 and 2010. Uh, especially after 2008, in 2008, main left-wing party here in Hungary was downstream, and what they should have done is, uh, you know, have a new elections before 2010, but instead they put through the biggest austerity policies ever. And then lost the election. And then lost the election, yes. And this is like a thing all over, I think, Eastern Europe that... Uh, the left-wing uh, parties and politicians were too technocratic. And so what's the cure for that? What what do you oppose to technocracy? Yeah, well, I think grassroots organizing and uh, left-wing politics, which, uh, which does have a connection with the voters. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> we can say populism. <laughs> this criticism of populism always... I think all this came from, you know, everything that uh, you were technocratic and uh, you had bad policies and everything. That, uh, so, yeah, it would, if, if you do not call normal left-wing politics uh, populism, then, then you admit that uh, what you are doing is not uh, normal left-wing politics. Even here in Hungary, when they call us populists, I think uh, they they are like protecting 
themselves from the truth that they had uh, like uh, no connection to the voters or the voter base. And is there plans to essentially to make Sikra into a party? Meaning, uh, uh, if you think that this sort of left-wing populism could have a connection with the voter base in Hungary. What would that look like? Yeah, well, uh, right now we don't we do not want to be a party, but you know, never say never. So we we could be, but I think uh, becoming a party and then building uh, these connection and and grassroots organizing. You know, it should be the uh, other way around, uh, and mm. uh, uh, yes. Um, so, Sikra could be a party uh, one day, but right now we we are still, uh, you know, learning and try to have have uh, you know try, uh, trying out new ways for grassroots politics and uh, connections to the voters. So if we have these, then then after that we we could be a, a political party. In terms of this media politics, essentially just the question of what would politics even look like in Hungary. Again, I wanted to ask about yeah, essentially the communist period and the depoliticization that that had on Hungarian society, right? So in one sense, we were talking about yeah, federal elections and politics in 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 this sort of way. But in terms of the Hungarian society, I think the the legacy of socialism, of Marxism, we could say, uh, is quite heavy. And I think these parties have had a hard time building any sort of positive conception of socialism. I wonder if Sikra sees a difference here, or is there a moment for socialism that's larger than opposing Hungarian society as it currently exists. Is there a hope for this sort of on a European scale? Or really global scale would be the point, right? We have uh, similar issues, uh, similar, similar problems, so there should be a way internationally. And you know, a lot of the challenges we face, for example, tax evasion, or just problems in the third world, which, you know, the right wing can build upon uh, hateful campaigns against uh, immigrants. Uh, all of these can be solved on a national level. You know, you, you had, you, had your uh, question that uh, on a national level, a lot of, you know, left wing parties became like anti-immigration and, uh, you know, the so, because like they do not have any vision that how should even the work, uh, the world uh, work. So yeah, some international vision is uh, is needed. Andreas Schembor, who last year won in his district in the eight and the nine district, especially the eight district is uh, is uh, full of uh, immigrants, uh, like people with immigrant background, and a lot of Roma people are also there. I think one of the biggest Roma population in Budapest uh, district. Uh, so you know there are always uh, social problems there. So uh, social interactions and uh, and. There's a lot of poor areas, and uh, uh, so yeah, it's like a breeding ground for writing politics. Uh, mm. 
the right wing was in power, power there until 2019 and 2022 in this district. But uh, one of the ways I think Yambor was able to win there, he was locally there. He had a like uh, a bigger grassroots campaign than any other district in Budapest and active campaign which is not just media campaign but you know like direct contact with the work uh, with, with the voters he was always available on the street or or you know just knocking doors and everything and uh, his his vision wasn't about you know hating the problems but uh, more like solving uh, problems so mm-hmm. So, you know, if people worried about crime rates, then he pointed out that these are the direct consequences of neoliberal policies, which were implemented in, uh, in uh, Hungary because, because of the European Union too. And uh, it's implemented by a right-wing state. So, you know, a lot of people become more poor and uh, and then you know crime rate rises so a lot of the times he he was able to you know uh, have a more international view which you know helped him uh, direct the attention not to hate each other but hate the people who rule the state mm. or or hate the people who globally implement policies which which result even in that district in uh, economic instability. Can I maybe clarify one thing? You said, for example, that the the left parties want less immigration and how can this happen, right? And I think that they are responding to something real because, for example, labor politics might necessitate that. It might be necessary to block illegal labor in order to maintain the status of legal labor within a country. And so I guess my point would be that it's not actually a moral question of which position the left chooses, but rather there's a contradiction within society where workers from one country are actually in competition with workers from other countries. Uh, So this notion of the international economy and how to actually deal with this at the level of politics is quite complicated. And I think, at least within the history of Marxism, the party was one way to deal with these contradictions, to deal with different political demands that the workers or that society had. Um, And so it wasn't necessarily a moral category, but a way to expand the arguments and actually have the arguments in a responsible way so that it's not the right wing taking control of these local politics and labor politics and this sorts of stuff. Um, So do you see the possibility for such a conversation um, happening in Hungary? In Hungary, it has to actually. Like, uh, just as you you said, uh, workers are in direct competition with each other, uh, with the third you know, third word, second word, I don't know, uh, even here in Europe, you know, like, Hungary is like a Bangladesh of Germany, you mm. know, just, <laughs> uh, you know, closer to it geographically. 
and you know, a lot of the times that's why uh, German politics can can uh, you know like use Hungary as a black sheep that you know say like uh, Orban can say that because he wouldn't have political issues with it. But yes, uh, as I said, uh, this has to be done in uh, in Hungary as well because right now, what has happened? Hungary always needed more you know workers because we. We have more jobs than people. We are in a more jobs environment, and uh, on paper, you know, liberals like to argue that this is better for the workers because it creates better conditions for them to argue for better wages or unionize. But if the state is controlled by this uh, right-wing government, which is anti-union, bust unions, uh, and likes to keep real wages low. Just so, you know, uh, German companies uh, can exploit the cheap labor of Hungary and the Hungarian workers, then this uh, doesn't re- result in, in better wages. And right now, uh, there is like legal third world immigration into Hungary. This legal third world immigration is right now actually supported by Orban and Fidesz. There is no problem with people anywhere from the world coming here and working here. The problem is that they come here that they are, because they are cheaper than the already really cheap Hungarian workers and they have really bad working conditions, they have really bad wages, uh, they have really bad living conditions because you know, they are just for here like two or three years. Uh, they are not organized. Uh, underorganized, uh, and right now the far right is uh, rallying uh, people around to, you know, hate them and uh, and despise them. But the real problem is that uh, they come here to be exploited, uh, and workers are already exploited here. So you know, the we we have to show to the people that the real problem is that. They are underorganized, and because of this, they are exploited. And uh, exploitation uh, is the real problem. Not that uh, the worker is from China, from uh, any Arab country, or from Hungary. Well, thanks so much for your time, Aram. Yeah, it's been Thank a pleasure you. talking, and I hope we can talk sometime in the future. Yeah, yeah I, I hope to. Hope as well. This has been a production of the Platypus Affiliated Society, featuring original tracks by Thomas Villaggi. Platypus is an international membership-based organization that hosts reading groups, public fora, research, and journalism focused on problems and tasks inherited from the old, new, and post-political left for the possibilities of emancipatory politics today. Platypus also publishes articles by thinkers and activists on the left in the monthly publication, The Platypus Review. To contact, learn more about Platypus, or to access the entire archive of Platypus reviews and panel recordings, please visit us online at platypus1917.org. That's the word platypus, followed by the numerals 1917.org. Bye! Thank you.